Hello, and welcome back to The Brag. I'm Sean Feltz. And I am Father Matthew Baugh. And welcome back to our third episode in our Ignatian Spirituality Series. We've got a lot of series going. The Ignatian Last Spirituality one. Series is yes. a great one. This is my personal favorite, I think. Yeah, um, it's good. It's key. It's, it's a toss-up. They're all my favorite. <laughs> it's like, like Can you choose children? among your children? Right. You know? <laughs> but this one's practical. I mean, this whole series right. is very practical. People can immediately put it into to, uh, use in their own life. Right, and it's kind of beautiful. Um, we're on episode 10 now of the podcast. We hit double digits. Wow. So this is a beautiful moment all in all. We might get our driver's license soon. Now that we're getting, <laughs> getting close. When we hit 16, we'll do something cool. We don't know yet. We're we'll getting a Mustang. Know. That's what we want. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Um, well, um, what about our earlier episodes? We have what, six and eight were our earlier episodes in the right. series. Yeah, yeah. So if you've been following along in episode six, we sort of gave you a, a good basis yeah. for recognizing the movements uh, interior movements of, right. the, of the good spirit and bad spirit, right? Um, and then in our last episode with John Guerra, um, you should definitely check that out. Uh, yes. That was goofy. He, he's goofy. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, we we to- sort of gave like a basis for discernment, talked about prayer, some Total other things prayer. like that. Yeah. yeah, good. And how about today? What's the deal for today? Today is going to be a beautiful day. I've been looking <laughs> forward to this, actually. Today we're talking about uh, the tactics of the evil one, sort of mm. recognizing mm-hmm. um, temptation and where they come from and how to address it. It's just it's one of the things that um, Ignatius is most known for mm. is um, this very practical uh, understanding of, okay, how is it that the evil spirit actually operates? Because I've got to understand that so that I know how he's operating or trying to operate in my own life and get some, um, some understanding of that. Right. So uh, for everybody listening, you can sort of do a little checklist here if you'd like mm-hmm. and see, okay, have I seen this going on and how should I address it? Exactly. I will tell you, and I, I've mentioned this before to you just personally, that mm-hmm. this is something I use in confession all the time. As a oh, confessor, yeah. trying to help people sort out, okay, how did this happen? What's going on here? Right. Because what you don't want to do is just have the same thing happen over and over again without understanding what's going on. Right. If you can see the same kind of set of tactics, you start getting um, better at, at dealing with it ahead of time. Right. Learn how to fight in the war. Good. Oh, one other thing we should say is that um, Pope Francis is talking about the devil all the time. People find that very strange, but, yeah. it's, but it's his Ignatian formation. That's right. He's talking about these kind of tactics and others that he sees yeah. working. Right. And that discernment is so important for him in, in living the Christian life today. Right. right? Yeah. Right. So. And you see it with him, not just personally, you know, trying to get his own house in order internally, but you can use these same in dealing with the universal church or the family that I'm living in, the friends that I'm operating with, the evil spirit's going to operate according to these standard tactics in all these different levels. So if we can learn them, we can actually make some good progress in counteracting them. Beautiful. Wow. Okay. Well, let's get into it. We've promised a lot. We have, we have (laughs) promised a lot here. We've promised to, to fix your life. Um, No, Um, But let's, let's get going on these. Yeah. Uh, we're going to, for anybody who's familiar with the exercises, we're actually going to be working in reverse order here. Yeah. Uh, if, if anybody's interested in looking these up or, or reading more about them, full, you could just go on Google, find spiritual exercises PDF. Um, right. Yeah, they're pretty widely available, so people should find the text. The, what we're working from now is the rules for discernment of spirits. There's two sets of them. So we want the first set of rules for discernment of spirits. Mm-hmm. And we're actually going to look at the last three rules that Ignatius gives us, rules 12, 13, and 14. And we're going to go in reverse order. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just to, to shake it up. Yeah. Just to shake it up, uh, make it more interesting. And mm. I think I think it's more sensible this way, to be honest. Yeah. Not to well, critique right. uh, St. Ignatius. But, um, <laughs> he heard that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm in trouble now. Like grandson of Ignatius. <laughs> I'm starting calling myself that more often. Anyway. All right. Let's just get into this. Um, so 14. Um, this is Ignatius's example of the commander or the master general is also something that exactly they'll call it. well and maybe just to help people kind of get a sense for all three what's going to tie them together one of the way the principal way that ignatius refers to the devil to the evil spirit is as the enemy right. the enemy of our common human nature right so each one of the images that he's going to give us to understand how this enemy operates is an image of a particular kind of enemy right so rule number 14 this commander of military forces right a military and, commander yes yeah um and sort of to just get right into that mm-hmm. right the idea is that the enemy mm-hmm. will examine us um to see all of our virtues and all of our vices and to attack at our weakest point exactly to see where we're least fortified to see you could picture sort of a, a general this is how it was put to yeah. me um first was um to examine a fortress uh, from the outside, mm-hmm. um, you're not just going to go to the front gate, you know, where, where you're expected, right? right. You're going to examine and you're going to see, okay, where's the wall weak? What, where are their holes? What's, exactly. what's going on here? And then you're going to pick that point to attack. Which means that you're, you're, you're not going to spend a lot of time where the place is most fortified. Right. I mean, you're, you just know that you've got no chance there. So let's find where it's weakest and go there. Right. That's how an enemy can, commander operates. And of course, Ignatius had experience with this personally you right. know, in these soldier. battles as a soldier. Yeah. And he thought about, you know, when you're trying to defend a fortress, what do you do? Right. So we've got to have that sense of our own, where, where are my weaknesses? Mm. One thing that people say in confession all the time is, oh, Father, I'm so sorry. It's, I'm confessing the same set of sins again. And it's like, well, of course you are, because <laughs> that's what the evil spirit, he's got, he knows, he's sized you up, and he knows, you know what? Gossip is a big temptation for this person. Right. We're going to go straight to just draw them into gossip. How can I do it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's one example. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, yeah, the, the actual quote here from, yeah. from Ignatius, um, a commander and leader of an army will encamp, explore the fortifications and defenses of the stronghold and attack at the weakest point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's, yeah, right after that, mm-hmm. where he finds the defenses of eternal salvation weakest and most efficient, there he attacks and tries to take us by storm. Right. So all in one big, one fell swoop, as it were. Yeah. Um, before we, you know, so that we're off balance. So we've got to think, you know, if I'm, if I'm a defender of a fortress, I've got to know that weak point. Mm-hmm. And because I'm expecting the enemy is going to attack there. And I start thinking, okay, well, what can I do to fortify that area? That's right. what I've really got to focus on. Yeah. Um, but notice how hard that is because you don't, we don't like to look at the areas of our life where we're weak and vulnerable. It's kind of painful for us to do that. Right. Yeah. I think, um, how have I heard it put? It was something along the lines of know the, uh, tell me the story. That's what, um, yeah. my, my, uh, my confessor told me that one mm. time back, mm-hmm. back home. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was like, tell me the story. Um, cause I, I was saying something very similar. Like I just keep confessing the same things, you know, like he was like, tell me the story, like walk me through it. What's, what's the narrative? Exactly. Um, and so you have to yeah. recognize, okay, in the same way that uh, honestly, in the same way that the enemy looks at us, Mm. and says mm-hmm. what's what's the weak point 
we need to look at the sin and say, what's the weak point? Where can I attack it? Exactly. Um, exactly. Which tells you something about the evil spirit too, which is that he's not creative. Right. He's not trying a thousand different things. It's not a different thing every time. Once he's found something that works, mm-hmm. he will try to lead us into that same thing over and over and over again. Right. What we absolutely cannot do under any circumstances is just despair. Like, oh, I can never get any progress on this area in this area of my life. Right. No, it's an opportunity now to say, this is where I need God's grace even more. And right. open it up. Right. Yeah. And he's not creative, right? He'll find something and he'll stick with it. So exactly. I think that that's sort of a, um, a point of hope for a lot of people when they hear it uh, is, or at least I find it hopeful mm-hmm. that, <laughs> that, okay, well, there's only so much that a, a military commander can do, even if he has a great army. Right. If he's going to keep doing the same thing. Exactly. It helps us confess differently too. You know, um, what you want to avoid, I think, in general in your confessions is kind of a transactional approach where I know that I need to come in and say as much as I can think of. What the invitation here is is to go deeper, to try to see, okay, let's picture my soul as a fortress that has to be defended by God's good angels. Where am I consistently finding the attacks coming so that I can see more broadly where is the area of my life where grace needs to be more active? Yeah, definitely. That can make your confession much more powerful and, and more profound. Yeah, definitely. And and takes it away from that transactional approach. And that's yeah, huge, right? Exactly. So. Now, just before we started the episode, we thought of a modern analogy for this, not a commander. Right. I thought this was a good one. Yeah, a, a computer hacker. Yeah. Um, I was actually, I was just telling you this story. I think this, this might help yeah. the picture. Yeah. There was a recent scam that I heard of um, where a hacker basically got into somebody's email. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when, once you have somebody's email, you kind of have their life. Exactly. <laughs> right? Nowadays, yeah. Yeah. Um, got into the email, um, specifically all the emails associated with Robinhood, which is an investing app, um, which is associated with bank accounts, right? Mm-hmm. And things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so got into the email and then moved all emails from Robinhood to spam mm. or junk email. So that there would be no notification when, right. when an email I'm came. I'm never going to notice it. Never going to notice it. Um, and then went through with the email and it forgot password mm. where it sent an email mm. to that email, which they had access to. Very so dangerous. then they had, yeah, then they had access to um, the account, not only the investing account, the brokerage account, but also their um, bank accounts that were yes. connected to it. Um, so it was very <laughs> sneaky. It's very sneaky. Yeah. I just love that. I love the image of a computer hacker rather than a general because oh, yeah. a general's got kind of a noble stature to him. A computer hacker is like in his parents' basement. Right. Kind <laughs> of pathetic. Hasn't been out in the, the light in a long time. <laughs> and the evil spirit's like that. You know, this very devious but also kind of pathetic figure in the basement. Father, I'm feeling a little <laughs> called out right now. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. No, I mean, there was definitely, so there was a time that I was very, interested in this sort of field and I did a lot of um, in computer hacking I, well not, <laughs> not, I mean not hacking but programming yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. which is like a, a where yeah. the, the basis is um, right. and there was this the, this TED talk that I watched mm. uh, from this guy who who was like um, a, a felon essentially because <laughs> of hacking and it was the funniest thing because now he works to come up with creative solutions okay yeah um, and so it's really interesting they had this firm they were trying to solve uh, malaria as if it were like a, a yeah. program prompt. Okay. Um, it was really interesting. That's good. And it really applies to what we're doing here because you've yeah. got to get into the mentality of the hacker right. and try to hack myself. Right. And then how do I kind of use that to <laughs> undo some things here? That's right. Um, Trying to reclaim 
the Holy Land. Exactly. <laughs> trying to, to go back to the military one. But, but you know, it was really interesting. And he said, you know, thinking like a hacker is mm. important. Yes. Um, I remember him, him giving this talk. If I remember the name, I'll put it in the description. Okay. But, um, yeah. We're always trying to do it with these rules. We're trying to do that. Like, see what the problem is. See the principle in the way the evil spirit's operating, the enemy. Right. And then what's the antidote? Yes. And so here we've got an example of the antidote. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So... The solution then, we, did, yeah. we really need to hammer that home. Yeah, right? hammer it home. To, to see what he sees, mm-hmm. right? To, exactly. to see where am I weak right. and, and how can I fortify that? How can I attack his attack? And confession is going to be one of the best ways to do that. Mm. To do it in a way where my confession is not like wrung out of me or it's not rushed through. But I really give the, the Holy Spirit time to show me what he sees right. because I need to see that too. And then hand over more intentionally those parts of my life to him. Definitely. Okay, let's Mm -hmm. move on to the second example that uh, Ignatius gives, which is of the false lover. Yes, rule number 13. Rule number 13. Mm -hmm. And the big thing here, Mm -hmm. right, is this secrecy and urgency that we're driven to. Let's let's read about this. Okay, yeah. Our enemy may also be compared in his manner of acting to a false lover. Mm -hmm. He seeks to remain hidden and does not want to be discovered. Exactly. That's a big thing. So think about someone who, you know, I mean, is trying to commit adultery. That's the idea of a false lover. Right. Um, or the example that Ignatius gives a little bit later down is someone who's not yet married and, you know, uh, th- this lover wants to draw a good daughter away from a good family, right. a father, et cetera, without their knowing, you right. know. Um, so what has he got to do? He's got to act as secretively as possible right. and as quickly as possible. Right. Because if people understand what he's doing, if they see it, and if they've got time to really understand the whole plan coming together, mm-hmm. then he's, you know, he's bust. He doesn't get right. to, to succeed. Yeah. And if he's called out, he can do nothing. Precisely. Um, and so this, this wants to move us in a direction of inwardness and keeping it to myself. And, right. Um, Anytime you say to yourself, oh, I just need to go ahead and do this and I don't, I shouldn't, I don't really want to consult with anyone. You know, it's like, just go, go, go. Right. That's a bad sign. Yeah. Bad sign. And and the antidote or the solution is that transparency, right? Which is so huge for Ignatius and Transparency. General. And transparency there obviously means confession in one respect, but right. far short of that, we can avoid getting into sin by using transparency to our advantage Right. Before you even get to the fact of the confessional. Right. Talk it out with somebody. I think that's the big thing there. Talk it out. Friend, trusted mentor, advisor, um, spiritual director, whoever it might be. Here's what I'm thinking about doing. Does that seem good to you? Yes. You know, because there's this old principle. No one is a good judge of his own case. Right. Because we have the bias. We we already want to do something. Right. So, okay. We're not objective. We're not objective. No. As much as we try to be. Yeah. 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 And sometimes we may even have our self-convinced that we are, but right. but we're not objective in our own case. And I will say, this is the one, this is the rule of these three, the one that I use in the confessional most of all, because really? you see this dynamics at play in almost every single sin, you know, mm. the hiddenness of it. Maybe I can see it out of the corner of my eye and I just, that's, I want to leave it there, you know? Right. Um, and then the urgency, like do it, do it, do it now. Don't think about it. Don't right. even me myself think about it. Right, right. Almost, yeah. I mean, almost at times perhaps keeping you um, hidden from yourself in a way. Totally. Just yeah. with that rush and the urgency that's there to keep it um, so fast paced that you don't have time to slow down. Exactly. So Yeah. And, and to keep things automatic, you know, right. so that I'm just relying on bad habits that I've already formed mm-hmm. rather than challenging them and looking at something different there. Right. And so in addition to that tr- uh, 
transparency perhaps yeah. that a virtue to work on there is some patience or to just take some time and slow down even if it feels like a rush exactly and i'll give you an example pope francis said this in his first interview as pope that great interview he gave a big heart open to god he said you know what when I have to make a decision, usually my first reaction is not the correct one. Right. It's not good. <laughs> I've got to sleep on it. I've got to spend some time in prayer. But mm-hmm. I just know myself well enough to know that the first reaction is not going to be the right one. Right. You know? Right. And that happens all the time. One, here's maybe a practical way that um, college students experience it. It's true for all of us. But um, our whole world of media is oriented to quick snap decisions. Like keep right. moving, click on the next thing, keep going. Right. Yeah. Uh, the battles over chastity, pornography are totally wrapped up in this dynamic yes. here. Think about the YouTube autoplay button. Too. That's it. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that might be a more modern way of looking at right. the false lover. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. When I was, uh, a couple summers ago, I was in um, our Jesuit House of Formation in Paris. And, uh, you know, different culture. They had a rule there that you, that you could not use your computer in your room for anything other than schoolwork. Mm. So if I'm going to, you know, browse any videos or whatever, I'm going to do that in a public space. Wow. You know, it's a way to, it was a house of formation. So it's, sure. you know, to put some good habits in practice, but, but you can see that even that would work well for college students. Like, okay. Oh, definitely. All the social media stuff and everything else, all the YouTube videos, I'm going to do that in a public space where everyone can see what I'm doing. And if I'm happy with them seeing what I'm doing, then it's probably a good thing. Right. Or not a bad thing. Wow. That's a really, that's I was good. touched by that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think it's a good, good rule. Yeah. It's a great rule. Leave it to the French. <laughs> okay, moving to I think probably the hardest rule. Yeah, um, we'll w- let's just read. I guess. The, yeah. The, this one quick little line. Um, rule number twelve. Rule number twelve. Uh, the enemy is a weakling before a show of strength, and a tyrant if he has his will. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of what's slippery about this rule, we have to say, is that it really very much focuses on how the evil spirit, what he's like, how he yeah. operates. And so we've got to kind of go outside of ourselves a little bit to understand this. So he's a weakling by mm-hmm. nature, mm-hmm. but if you give him a little bit of room, he becomes this huge force like a typhoon, you know? Yeah. Um, he has he gains a lot of strength if you don't resist him. Right. It's a tough rule to understand, I think. Um, but the heart of it is is pretty much this idea that if I give him some space to work, he'll keep expanding that space. Exactly. Yeah. So I've got to, so the antidote that Ignatius proposes is resist him up front because if I don't resist him right at the beginning, his power is going to grow and grow and grow to the point where I'm almost inevitably going to be defeated. It's just going to happen, you know? Right. So we thought of a couple of analogies yeah, for we this. Have a couple. The first yeah. is is a more classical example, not, yeah. not the one Ignatius uses. That's pretty outdated and arcane, so we're, we're going to... Yeah, we're trying to think of ones from our own day. Yeah, so yeah. A, a more classical one is the spoiled child. Right. Um, yeah, so if you think of, if you've ever been babysitting or if you've had younger cousins or brothers and sisters and you're taking care of them, the parents are away... Mm-hmm. If you don't, you know, stand firm with them, particularly if a kid's kind of testing the boundaries, if you don't stand firm with them right away on something, man, they will just take over the whole scenario and you will be defeated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you aren't firm up front, they will be firm in the long haul. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's really, the The screaming of a child (laughs) is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) I used to joke with my family that I I babysat twice in my life, first and last, because I had exactly this experience. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know why people want to do babysitting. This is just a terrible idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pe- I you know I was never really a babysitter. I yeah, just me either. That was uh, that ended it. Yeah, 
It's like, I don't care if the money's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, but we thought of another example. Yeah, this yeah. one, I, I think this is good. It's of an open wound. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the need to, so if we like dress it up front, you know, or dress it up front. Dress it, <laughs> precisely. Yeah. Like clean it out, clean it out bandage it up, it. Yeah. attend to it up front. Then the healing process can start and you get stronger. Right. If you do not, and you know, this happens, I don't know, in various occasions, you just leave it be and it starts getting more and more, it gets it'll, infected it'll or bleed a lot. Yeah. it becomes a serious, serious matter. Right. So what does it look like in the spiritual life? These are two analogies, but you know, what, how would you say that you see this dynamic playing out in the spiritual life? I think the thing that I tend to notice with this one, like, especially like whether in my own life or the lives of my friends and people I talk to about this. Um, something will be proposed mm. and since it's interesting, yeah. it'll be entertained. Right. Um, for even just a split second. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's a nagging thought in the back of the mind. The moment I consent to it, even just a little bit, even like, oh, that's kind of an intriguing thing. I wonder what that's like. Yeah. It gets just a little place in me in which it can start growing bigger and bigger. Right. Right. And that immediate no to say, to say no to that immediately, or, or at least maybe in a better better way to put it to hold it up to the light of Christ right right that's there, it hand right it over there, straight to, away to surrender it there and say okay what do you say about this exactly um, that that seems to solve so much in the long run you right. know because it sometimes it really is just like when you hold picture trying to hold darkness up to the light mm. you know it's just immediately going to be gone it evaporates right yeah, yeah. so Another way to put it is I don't want to let things be able to work on me. Right. You know, things like often this happens again with media. We'll see an image mm -hmm. and without our even realizing it, maybe it starts proposing, oh, you know, you could do this too. Yeah. And it starts just working in the back of my mind. I, I've got to notice that. I've right. got to notice it pretty soon and hand it over to the light right. uh, to see whether it's good or not. Yeah. I would also say this is the one that more than the others, I would say even um, makes us tired. Yeah. This, is, this is the one that kind of leaves us feeling pretty run down. You can even think of that spoiled child example. Right. It, yeah. You know, you yeah. can put yourself in that situation where you've got, you've got a kid right there and he wants candy or something and you're just trying to get him to go to bed. Like that's, you know, it's exhausting. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I think what Ignatius wants to say is it's less exhausting if you can address things up front. front and yeah. that's the encouragement there. That's the antidote. Right. Um, it does mean that I've got to open myself up more and more to, um, again, transparency, like in the other rule that we talked about. Right. Um, but if I do that, then I've got the assurance that actually the evil spirit's a weakling. You know, think of the basement kid again. You right, know? right. <laughs> you know, it's right. like, I'm just cutting the cord here. Right. And we can't, um, I think it would be a very spiritually immature decision to try to outlast the enemy in perseverance. Good luck. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's a recipe for disaster. That's it's that's not, not a good solution. Yeah. yeah. And here's where you see all three of those rules coming together because you know, right. they're all addressing the same basic dynamic, which right. is look the, the evil spirit knows my weaknesses. Mm -hmm. He's going to try to suggest these things in the background like kind of out of the corner of my eye right. and hope that that gets a little um, movement in me. And um, then just wants to keep it as secretive as possible and try to urge me to follow up his plans as quickly as possible. Right. That brings all three together. And if we can understand these different tactics, we can get some help to defend. Right. And I think it's important to recognize this isn't necessarily an or. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not like, okay, he might be like a spoiled child or false yeah. lover or a master general. It's no, like, 
this is a Catholic both end right here. He's doing all of it because he's going to try anything he can get. You right. know, it's it's a search and destroy mission. Yes. It's not a creative mission that the church has. Right. It's just I want to destroy as much as possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and using these, um, hopefully we can recognize the antidotes and, and hopefully keep that in mind. Um, and yeah, to, to start exemplifying these things like transparency, patience, um, trying to build up where I'm weak, trying to address things that are prompted to me up front and to hold them up to the light of Christ and to not let these wounds fester. And exactly. Which, uh, and maybe this is kind of brings it all to um, it together, is that the evil spirit really is working on his own. I mean, he's got his, you know, he's got his demons is what Ignatius right. can see that he sends to each one of us. But he's really, it's a solo operation, whereas you and I are in a different situation. I'm transparent in order that the Holy Spirit can help me, Mm -hmm. in order that God's good angels can intercede for me. You know, I'm not alone, actually. He wants to be, because he's alone, he wants me to be as alone as possible. Right. My antidote is to open back up as much as possible. Right. And I think, back to that false lover one, I think that feeling of need for secrecy and urgency, Mm. that's one that can leave you feeling very lonely. Yes. Just to sort of give some examples of where you might be feeling this. I think that's one of those, um, yeah, the the solution, I would say, almost to that particular Mm. kind of loneliness Mm. is just very much the transparency, letting somebody in. um, Exactly. Yeah. And that can mean a friend. It can mean a religious superior. Mm -hmm. It can mean whatever. But to let the light back in, even mediated through other people. Right. Right. Wow. Got through a lot today. We did. That Um, was great. (laughs) If you guys have any questions about any of this stuff um, or anything specific to discernment of spirits or um, sort of Ignatian spirituality, let us know. Um, Yeah. We've got an email address now. We do have an email address. It's uh, thebrag.slew at gmail.com. Feel free to send us an email if you'd like with a question or uh, comment or anything. We're and if you want to send us an audio file with a question, we'll play you on the show. Yeah, we will. We will. If you send, you could just do a voice memo on your phone and email it in. We'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, well, thank you guys for joining us today. We're so, so happy to continue this series. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll look forward to it for next time. Let us hear from you. Awesome. Thank you and God bless. <laughs>